Oh, it's working. Lovely. Cool. Hello and welcome to Sri Lanka 99.9 for Cricket Every Day. My name is Mark Machado from the Muraliad and I'm joined as always by Estelle Vazi David from the Papere. Sri Lanka on 99.94 is your new home for Sri Lanka content. We'll be dropping into your podcast feed on YouTube or on the app, the 99.94 app, which you should have already downloaded by now. Uh, but I'll tell you more about that later. Uh, several times every week. So please do rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your family. And thanks for joining Cricket's Conversation. Estelle, today we've got a very special guest with us. In fact, she's our first ever guest we've ever had on this show. Uh, We are talking about the Sri Lanka Under-19 Girl or Women's Tour to... uh, it's well, it's actually a quadrangular series that they played in India. And our special guest is Ananya Pendran, who is a Indian cricketer turned writer, um, who who followed the tour closely. Ananya, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Um I I, I feel kind of honored to be your first guest. It's it's awesome. Um, and we will convert her into a Sri Lankan cricket fan. Yeah, yeah. The- <laughs> Well, I'm I'm oh, already great. kind of a Sri Lankan cricket fan, <laughs> having watched these under nineteen girls play. So you know. Oh, brilliant! So that le- leads us really well into kind of my my opening question, because sadly in the UK I was unable to watch these games. Um, how, what was your you know Sri Lanka didn't have a, a terrible tournament. They they beat the West Indies, but they lost to India A and India B quite narrowly to India B. What was your overall impression of how the shrunken girls did in in the tournament? Well, to be honest, I was kind of pleasantly surprised watching them. I didn't expect them to be as competitive as they were. I know the scorecard suggests that they kind of went down um, heavily in one of the games and, and, well, they lost two out of three of their games. But I was pleasantly surprised by the way they went. Um, They were just such a fun team to watch. A lot of energy, very, very enthusiastic. Um, Very loud team. I I think they were the loudest of the four teams competing. And um, they were just um, a lot of fun to watch. Some really, really talented players as well. Um, But yeah, I think the first thing that struck me when I saw Sri Lanka was just how organized they were. Um, And and that started with the head coach. Um, Shashikala came in and kind of, um, organize all the practice gear perfectly and then the players came in and after they finished with the gear kind of um, organized it or put it back the same way um, so someone who for someone who has massive OCD it was just like you know they won me over right um, impressive really they've got a a group of um, pretty impressive young batters and um, a decent um, bowling attack. But I think the energy in the field was something that I was very, very impressed with. I was waiting for a start to ask a question, but she isn't. So I will ask the next question. Is there any, uh, which players uh, in, in the Shrunker side stood out for you as as ones that you might uh, want to watch how their career develops over the next few years? Um, well, I guess the obvious name would be Vishmi Gunaratne. Um, she's already made her international debut for the senior team. So um, she was one of the players who kind of stood out in, just in terms of the power that she has, um, just her presence at the crease and just also how much time she had to play the ball. Um, the Indian fast bowlers were quite quick. I think a couple of them have already clocked 113 um, in one of them. Um, so she, the wicketkeeper batter, Sumudu Nisansala, was another one who I was very, very impressed with. Um, she's really good on the short ball, um, cuts and pulls really well. And with the World Cup in South Africa, like that's something that I said. Um, 
Yeah. He um, also kind of, um, she, she was another one who, I guess, performed her role quite well and is also a decent left-handed batter. So um, there was the three of them and then someone else who really, really, I think, was head and shoulders above the rest was Manubi. Um, uh, and that he got a power down the ground um, and, and hit like four or five sixes if I'm not wrong so um, I think the, the four of them are um, people yeah I think uh, just just you mentioning Manudi it's good good to know kind of the insides of what it was like actually because obviously we are following it through the scorecards right and scorecards don't really give you uh, much of a story uh, just that middle order what I was impressed, I think, to see was it seemed like they were scoring quickly, which we don't see at the senior level, right? Like you, you see Sri Lanka struggle a lot to get above that six runs and over mark. So uh, Sumudu was that, that's one. That's in both the, genders at the moment as well. Sorry? Like, that's in both genders, the men and the women's side oh, struggling yeah. to score quickly <laughs> in the mid-overs. Yeah. Uh, so I was, I was like, I mean, impressed in the sense, looking at the scorecards, I was impressed to see someone like Sumudu Nisan Salah, we could keep her um, getting those runs against the West Indies and also Manudi, of course. Just on, on, on Vishmi, you spoke about like, you know, how much time she seems to have, etc. But she, she hasn't been getting the big runs. What are the type of dismissals? Like, is it, is it like, you know, her inability to kind of clear the infield or what was kind of going on there? Because you'd expect someone who, who's, who's played at the senior level to kind of dominate uh, when it comes to uh, age group cricket. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, to be honest, in that first game, when they were chasing 127, I think it was, there were a lot of the parents who had heard Vishmi's name. So they were genuinely terrified of what she would would um, do in that opening game. But I think there were a couple of dismissals where she was kind of unlucky. Um, one, she she got a, a jaffa from the off spinner and was bowled through the gate. Um, and then and, and she looked really, really good in that game, hit a six over cover and just looked like um, you know, she wanted to to dig in and, and chase down that target. But and and then the second one she was quite brilliantly caught at extra cover. So I guess um it did also look like um national coming much expectation and that she would have to do all the run scoring for Sri Lanka. I did feel like that, that, you know, she was the one as well, but um, against, came up against her. Uh, and, and, and Nanya, you, um, you <clears throat> what was, you know, we talked about the results and we talked about um, how, how Sri Lanka lost the two games against the, the two India sides that they had to, to face was, and, and, you know, you mentioned there that, that some of the, the India parents at least the Indian parents were, were slightly worried about the chases but was there quite a big golfing class between the two sides when they were playing each other or or did the Sri Lankan uh, girls you know were, were they kind of holding their own and just got unlucky at, at key moments in the match I think in the first game um well, they went down by 12 runs um and they were really competitive through that uh, especially you know in the second Sri Lanka as it is with the senior team was that there were really games where the Indian teams really took to them in the last eight overs where you had the Indian captain coming in and scoring 24 off 10 balls or something and then um, in the first game they were I think it was more just that um, you know the, the drop off of energy that that really hurts and then just have absolutely no answer at the back end of the innings but but with the bat um, they were really um, went after the spinners um, I think um, one of the things that kind of hurt Sri Lanka and that game was that um, Sumudu actually got run out at the non-strikers and couldn't find a wicket in those first six overs. And then um, the India kind of, and that kind of um, hurt their chase. But 
yeah, I, I, I do feel like Sri Lanka have like, I guess the raw material to make a really good um, team. Um, but it's just, yeah, I think that's, that's really the main difference. Uh, shall we take a quick break over there? And when we get back, uh, what I'd love to pick, well, both of your brains on actually is kind of pathways into women's cricket. Um, because I definitely have no idea how half these girls have ended up being selected. And that isn't a slur. I just don't know where, where their, their, their background is in cricket. And, uh, I'd love to find out more and also find out maybe what, you know, shrunken cricket can possibly learn from our neighbours in India as well. I'm Jared Kimber and I host two podcasts on 99.94. Red Inca, which is chats on trends and stories within the game with a weekly Q&A where I can be asked about anything from a time-travelling Don Bradman to which cricket ground serves the best food. And Double Century, I look at the historical stories that make cricket what it is today. You can search for either of them in your favourite podcast platform or on the 99.94 DM app. Estelle and Ananya, thank you for uh, joining me today. We're talking about uh, Sri Lanka under-19 women's tour of India or the quadrangle series that they they played. Um, one of the, you know, constants um, points when we talk about men's cricket in Sri Lanka is how strong the schoolboy cricket is in Sri Lanka and the pathway that that creates to get uh, uh, turn boys into men and, and get into the senior side and, and hopefully be competitive and and win games and tournaments all around the world. Um, Estelle, it's it's uh, we've talked about this before, but I think it's worth you know going over this ground because actually somebody messaged me the other day asking where the uh, the under nineteen girls who, who get into the um, under nineteen side for Sri Lanka where where they play their cricket because school uh, school girl cricket isn't anywhere near as big as it a should be and b it compared to the to the boys, right? Yeah, I think. Most of them have been picked based on their performances in the school's tournament. The problem with, I think, the difference between the, the men's side of things and the women's in Sri Lanka is the fact that not a lot of schools do play hardball cricket on the women's side. And also the schools that play aren't uh, what you would call like the richest schools in Sri Lanka. So for the for the men's side of things, I think, Mark, you would have heard of like St. Peter's College St. Joseph's College. Estelle, I've not only heard of St. Peter's <laughs> College, but the, the, the trophy for the best Your primary entire family school, is from there, right? Yeah, the, yeah. the trophy for the best primary school sports boy is named after my grandfather at St. Peter's oh, College. See? Okay. Yeah, it's, so <laughs> th- those, are, those are the ty- type of schools that have a lot of funding, whether it's through old boys, associations or whatever, right? Um, but the girls' schools that do play, there aren't that many that play in the Colombo district. But the schools that do play don't have that level of funding either. So it's it's a very different kind of environment that these players come from. A lot of them have to depend on, uh, you know, somebody spotting them from, from one of the bigger schools like Ratnavali Balika or Anula Vidyalaya uh, and getting them in. So you've got a lot of players who are currently in the national side who've represented schools like that. Uh, Harshita Samaravikrama was from Anula. I think she started off... Uh, in the outskirts of Colombo, but then was brought into the Anula team. So similarly, a lot of lot of these girls have to depend on that sort of. I mean, it's it's that's not something you can plan, right? It's luck. Um, so the 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 pathway isn't ideal, um, but I do think that in the last couple of years, at least, there have been 
efforts to kind of grow the sport at the provincial level where where uh, Sri Lanka cricket has been sending over people to kind of uh, send equipment to some of the rural schools and get get girls schools into um, hardball cricket. So that's, I guess, a positive. Um, and also, Shashikala Sirivatana has also taken on a more kind of a, a bigger role um, in the under-19 setup. I think Sri Lanka has done well to kind of uh, keep her in Sri Lanka cricket after she retired. So she she's also, apart from being the head coach of the under-19 side, I think she does have a bigger role in kind of scouting and bringing more players into the team. But I do think overall, you have to get more schools playing. Otherwise, there's no way that that pathway builds and that quality builds because right now it's just a few schools that play. And then, you know, the number of girls uh, who who kind of are in your line of sight are fewer. Uh, and another thing is that, I mean, being able to watch these girls or, you know, seeing what they're doing would encourage more players um, to get into the system and maybe insist to their schools that they start a, a hardball team or whatever, especially in Colombo, because you can do that in Colombo. Like, I mean, if if we knew that, if I knew that there was a, you know, women set up, then maybe there would have been a team from my school as well. So it's important, I think, for that visibility and important that they have someone like uh, Shashikala, who's, I don't know, been playing and being, a, being around the national side for so long. It's it's still very much a working progress. Sri Lanka cricket have done a lot wrong with the women's team over the last I don't know two decades, but hopefully slowly they're getting things right. And, and I think I will repeat my request for Holy Family Covenant to set up a hardball team, um, hardball cricket team. I don't know if they've got a softball team, but I think um, I think I it, it's becoming almost critical for women's cricket in Sri Lanka that they get that team going. Ananya, there's been huge strides made in women's cricket in India over the last few years. What will be the pathway for for the girls that for the Indian girls that the Sri Lankan girls were playing? Can you can you kind of give us some insight into that? Um, well, the thing is because India is such a large country, every state kind of has their own internal pathway. Um, some have really structured pathways. For example, by you'll have like their school cricket, um, and then they have an under sixteen team. I have like an academy that runs, I think, if not well, three hundred days a year at least. Um, so they have like some states have that, some states have absolutely nothing. They just call for open trials. Um, actually, um, the the kids that have or the the women that played in this quadrangular tournament. Um, have come basically in cricket for their state. Um, and then they attended a national camp. So the, the the 30 girls who were involved in this quadrangular tournament have together for the last, I think, nine months. Um, so there was a national camp held in Bang. I think it was in June, July, after which um, that involved th- 35 teams, I think. So 35 teams from around the country played that interstate tournament, after which um, all those, well, 60 players were then divided into four teams where they played a challenger trophy, an under-19 challenger trophy, after which 30 players were then selected to to make up the India A and India B um, squads. So um, there's been, they've played a ton more than, than the girls in Sri Lanka, obviously. Um, But um, so, yeah, and, and that kind of showed on the field as well. Yeah. Just listening to that, it's no surprise, right? I know India cricket is not perfect, but it's no surprise that a team like Sri Lanka is falling behind. 
teams like India. <clears throat> what do you think that Sri Lanka needs to do to kind of catch up? I mean, that's like an open question. Um, <clears throat> I mean, but either if you could answer that, if you're listening at home and you've got ideas, write them in the comments, because let's be honest, SLC aren't full of them at the moment. Uh, maybe, maybe they might pick some up. I mean, it looks like that there's a women's IPL coming down the track starting, I think, yeah, soon, hopefully. But just all the all the signals make make you think it's starting in a few years. I mean, I would love to see SLC start a women's Lanka Premier League. Um, I think t- women's cricket in not it not necessarily in Sri Lanka, but in other parts of the world is really having a moment. If you look how popular the women's hundred is and the women's big bash, I think that you know potentially you could you know it could be quite a money earner down the line. And that's ultimately, I know it sounds super cynical, but that's what's going to drive the boards to. To, to want to get involved. And I think, you know, why can't, why couldn't SLC create a, a women's Lanka Premier League before the IPL? I mean, they can get LPL started in, in like two or three weeks. There's no reason they can run a women's competition <laughs> and try and, you know, get slightly ahead of the curb. And, 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 you know, if Sri Lanka had more professional, you know, full-time professional women's cricket, They did try, they did try a T10 tournament, or at least they call for tenders for people, sponsors to come on board. But that that never like got off the ground. Um, I did it not. Oh, that's that's a real shame. But I, you know, I really wish they would do it because I, I think there's the enthusiasm for it. Um, I also think if if they started a women's Lanka Premier League, I think they'd pro- possibly get some of the best women in the world coming to play in it because you know they wouldn't have the issues that that the men's tournament does, where you know the, the, maybe the, the the bigger names don't want to play in it. Maybe the BCCI might let some of the the more well known Indian players uh, play in it as well, and it, it could actually become quite a viable product very quickly. Um, I don't know if, if either of you two have any any thoughts on on my mad idea. I think actually that they need to piggyback on the BCCI and get involved, get as many Sri Lankan girls involved in the women's IPL as possible. Yep, I agree. I think I, I think the more players that come over and play in India um, in that women's IPL, whenever it does happen, um, it'll. I think I think it will be very useful to them. Um, and and just like talking about this under nineteen team as well, I think even though the last game was probably their worst game, um, you could kind of see the improvement um, as as the tournament or as the three games progress because. I think against India, um, the while they were probably on on the scorecard their most competitive, I think they actually planned and executed their best against India A in that last game, especially with the ball. Um, they had very clear plans, and you could kind of see that they stayed back and watched every game um, after they had finished playing in the morning. So you know they were watching what the other batters were doing, and, and they had very clear field sets and and executed really well in that last game. But again, it was just because of that energy drop-off that um, they kind of struggled to curtail that Indian lineup. But yeah, I think the more these players are exposed to different conditions and and just playing more, um, they will develop a lot faster. So yeah, and with Estelle, I think the more players that can get involved in this would be great. Awesome. Um, Ananya, from the uh, India, obviously there are two sides, how many, so you said, I think there's a squad of 30 involved in, in total. How many of those players would you expect to go on and be able to make a living in cricket and still be playing cricket to 
some sort of decent standard by the time they get to their mid twenties? Would it would it be the majority of them? <laughs> Ooh, that's a difficult question. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think um, well, of the group of the thirty that um, have, were involved in the tournament, I think twenty um, of them are definitely in contention to play that World Cup. Um, and I think, yeah, over the next say five to six years, I I see at least seventy five percent of that group. Um, playing cricket as fully professional players. So, yeah, I think, I mean, I just feel like India, that there are just the number of players um, means that you will, by accident, kind of come up um, or come across quality players just because there are so many of them. Um, you kind of have to be to a certain standard to, to play, um, even if it's under 19 age group cricket, you have to be of a certain standard. So, um, yeah, I feel like you can stumble upon talent in India and, so uh, yeah, seventy-five to eighty percent of the squad will probably make their living playing cricket. Estelle, I want to ask you the same question for the oh, Shrinka no. squad. How many? Do, you know, how <laughs> many of the the players involved do you think would, as a percentage, do you think will still be involved in cricket in six, seven years' time? Uh, yeah, it's it's tough to call. I think with Sri Lanka cricket, the the thing is. It all depends on the forces because they are the only ones who seem to be interested in kind of developing uh, their cricket teams. I would say it, it'll probably be around that 50 to 60% mark because just because if they've come this far up to under 19 level, then that shows that they're really, really focused or they're, they're kind of set on getting to cricket at, at a serious level because it's very easy to drop off in Sri Lanka because you don't get resources, the resources you need at least um, uh, to play. So if they've made it this far to the under-19 level, and I'm sure seeing people like Vishmi Gunaratna do well and represent Sri Lanka at the, at the senior level would have inspired a lot of these players as well. So I would say 50 to 60% because... But they do have like a very small window. They have usually the forces to pick them up under 23. So I'm assuming they're at the 17, 18. They're 17, 18 right now. So have a few years to get into um, uh, those forces and then, you know, go from there. So 50 to 60 percent. I'm Maybe I'm being pessimistic. I don't know. <laughs> Um, let, let's take a quick break and when we get back I want to talk about let's look ahead to the under 19s World Cup next year Hi I'm Nikesh Raghani commentator and host of the India on 99.94 podcast several times each week my co-host Sarah Waris and I will be bringing you the very best in Indian cricket chat whether we're discussing the legend of Julan Goswami Kale Rahul's strike rate, the men's T20 death bowling woes, or the latest controversy involving the BCCI, we've got you covered. You can listen and subscribe via your usual podcast provider. Just search for India on 99.94. You can watch us via YouTube and you can download the 99.94 app. If you love Indian cricket, then join our conversation. Uh, so um, we, we've kind of skirted around the fact that there's an under-19s World Cup next year happening in South Africa. Um, both sides will be going. What I want to get from from both of you is what the expectations will be because, you know, Sh Sri Lanka should be competing with, with, with India. 
uh, in cricketing terms at least. Um, but I think their expectations going into this tournament will be quite different, right? What What do you think, Estelle, would be a good tournament for from a Sri Lankan perspective? Yeah, you know what? It's it's kind of impossible to call, right? Because this team is the first Sri Lanka under nineteen team that we've seen. Um, I'm not I'm not too sure if they had one maybe like you know in the previous generation like Shashikala's uh, generation, but definitely this is the first one we are seeing. Um, this is the first tournament they're playing. Uh, I, I'm not sure how much cricket they've played together. I think they've been together for a couple of months. Um, but at the same time, you look around the world, it's not just the test playing nations or, you know, the 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 big the big teams uh, that have been, you know, playing these 19 games. You, uh, From what I've seen, like USA, Ireland, they've been giving their teams some really good kind of competitive uh, tours in the recent past. So it's very difficult, I think, to call. I know people will look at Sri Lanka's reputation in international cricket and think, oh, they should be beating teams like USA or Ireland or uh, some of the African teams that come over. But just looking at the preparation, it's, I think it's going to be a very, very tough tournament for those girls, particularly with the conditions. I don't know if Ananya agrees because she's the only one who's seen them play. Uh, but yeah, I think it's it's going to be tough because you see a lot of those other teams, the smaller teams, uh, getting few more tours, playing between themselves, whereas Sri Lanka, this is kind of like the first uh, effort they've made to kind of develop that side and get them to play a few games. Yeah, and and Ananya, would you kind of go with along with what Estelle has said? And also, you know, just as somebody who watches a lot of um, women's cricket, how impressed have you been with cr- the cricket programs in in from countries that aren't traditional cricketing powers? Um, yeah, I think Estelle's assessment is is quite fair. Um, I, I think we were after the quadrangular series. I was kind of sitting with one of the Indian players' parents and figuring out if India do play Sri Lanka, at what point that will be. And, um, you know, I think it was around the, if they get into the semi-final or something like that. Um, but anyway, um, if, if that does happen. But I, I think the Sri Lankan team, um, like I I think I mentioned it a couple of times already, I feel like they have like the, the pieces and it's just about kind of, executing executing and keeping that intensity up because they do have like a group of, of really attacking players who I think will be suited to South African conditions because all of them cut and pull really well and I feel like that will probably hold them in good stead, stead going there. Um, so yeah, I don't know how they're going to do but I feel like they, they could cause an upset or two. Um, with regards to other non-test playing nations. I, I, I do feel like, and I've said this often, that women's cricket is probably the area that most non-traditional cricket countries have been focused on because it's easier to close the gap um, in women's cricket. I feel like while Australia has kind of um, broken away and, and England are, are catching up a little bit, um, the gap between, say, five to, I think, 14, 15 is much um, smaller than it is with the men. Um, and most non-traditional cricket 
playing nations have identified that and have invested a lot in their women's programs and in their age group programs. So, um, for example, UAE, um, who is in India's group, um, they've got, I think, six or seven players who already play for their senior UAE team. Um, and they went through the qualifiers unbeaten. Um, and I feel like that's probably a team that's going to cause India a lot of trouble because they've just played so much cricket together. They know how to win. They know how to win under pressure. They went through the qualifiers. Um, so teams like that, um, I feel like all the teams that have had to go through qualifiers are probably better prepared than the teams that qualify directly um, because they've just had to play a lot more cricket. So um, I think the World Cup's going to be really interesting. While Australia probably have on paper the best team, um, I think like the other teams, like the the UAEs, potentially the Rwandas, and, and those kind of teams will probably pose a lot more um, challenges than we think they will. And um, can I get both of you to pick a potential winner? Are you uh, Ananya? Do do I sense that that you back Australia and? If you back Australia, I know Estelle's <laughs> going to back Australia because I was horrified to discover to, to discover um, that, as, you know, I, I was brought up to believe that anything involved in cricket and Australians was a bad thing. Um, and then I meet Estelle, who's got the total opposite opinion of me and and it it weirds me out. And she just got that from the World Cup in Australia. Um, anyway, uh, girls, should we leave it there? Um, thank you for joining us today, Ananya. It's been absolutely fascinating to get your insight into it. And hopefully, uh, next time we speak to you, uh, Shlunk would have uh, either just be on the verge of winning or <laughs> won um, the Under-19s uh, Women's World Cup. Uh, or maybe you might come on because there's there's some more exciting news to talk about, like a women's IPL or women's LPL. Um, and, and we can discuss, uh, I don't know, Jemima Rodriguez playing Jaffna for Stallions, yeah. um, the Jaffna, Jaffna. Is it Kings? It's Kings Stan- now. Stallions or Kings? I can't remember what they're called now. Kings, yeah. Uh, which would be absolutely amazing. And uh, hopefully it happens sooner rather than later. Thank you for joining us. I forgot I've got to read the outro. Otherwise, Jared Kimber will be very upset with me. Thanks for listening to Sri Lanka at 99.94, where we speak cricket every day. Please do rate, review and subscribe wherever you enjoy your podcast. You can download the 99.4 app and follow us on Twitter. I'm at Mark Machado. Estelle is at Estelle underscore Vazu day one, as in the number one. And, and Anya, do you want to give us your Twitter address as well? I'm at A underscore Open 11. Lovely. I will, when this comes out, I'll tag you in it i'll tag all of us in it so give us a follow that's as long as uh mr musk keeps the platform running uh never miss out join our 24 7 conversation on social media and follow us at 9994 dm cricket every day your way